Hello everyone and welcome back to Make Better Wedding Films, the home of new ideas for radical films about people in love. My name is Ben, I will be your host and before we get into the show we've got a couple of announcements from our sponsors. The first of which is Musicbed. Now this episode is all about music, so what better place to find the best music for your films than Musicbed. They are constantly updating their library with brand new music from incredible artists from all over the world. They've got amazing curated playlists and you can create your own playlists so when you're searching for music and finding gems that match your brand and match your feel, you can curate those into your own separate music libraries that you can dive back into again and again in your search for the perfect track. Make sure to sign up with the promo code MBWF for your first month free and let them know that we sent you, which helps out this show. Our second sponsor is Studio Ninja. Now, searching for music takes time, and what better way to free up that time than by automating all that boring admin that fills your day? From writing quotes to remembering when to email couples asking for run sheets, following up on unpaid invoices, Studio Ninja can help you automate your admin and give you more time to focus on being a creative. Sign up with the promo code MBWF50 for 50% off to get an entire year of Studio Ninja for just $125. US Music is as much a part of our films as the footage and audio we capture on the day. But the skill of curating, pairing, and manipulating music is often one that's overlooked. On today's show, I'm sitting down with DJ and musician Thomas Rose to discuss some of the techniques videographers can use to level up the way we use music in our films. My name is Ben, and this is Make Better Wedding Films. Thomas, my man, thank you for joining me on the show. It's nice to see you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Thank you very much for having me, man. I was very, um, when you messaged me, I was like, yes, don't even bother telling me the rest. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. Nice, nice, man. Um, yeah, so Thomas and I go way back to our days as young adults dancing fucking hip hop back in the day. We do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Thomas, Thomas and I go way back, but, um, I messaged Thomas recently, um, basically because I've had in my mind for a while, the idea of talking to a musician or DJ, um, about the idea of discovering, pairing, manipulating music and what better person to have that conversation with than someone who, uh, does exactly that. Um, and as videographers, we often, uh, are combining music and and transitioning from track to track and um i thought it was about time that we uh spoke to an expert on that sort of subject about how we might be able to upskill so um yeah thomas i think before we sort of get dive into some of the the nitty-gritty on today's subject um maybe just give us a little bit of a background on sort of your history with with music so my name is thomas rose for anyone um that doesn't know me and anyone that I haven't had the pleasure of meeting before. Hello. Um, I am a creator, um, as, uh, Ben said, a different lifetime. I was a hip hop dancer, um, have always loved music, uh, have always wanted to make music and be a musician in some capacity. But, um, I, well, I actually didn't start making or pursuing music till I was about 18 years old. I went and bought myself a guitar from, um, the warehouse for my 18th birthday and I was obsessed with Jimi Hendrix at this point and pulled up YouTube taught myself how to start playing Jimi Hendrix songs and just really haven't looked back since then um, but my my background in music is that I've, all, I've got really eclectic parents who um, always listened you know the radio was always on in our house I wasn't a, a TV child really um, the weekends would come and the radio would be on. We'd be cleaning, we'd be doing all this stuff. And my mother would always be singing songs and humming along. We would go on road trips and just have the strangest music being played from like NWA to Wham to, you know, Bee Gees, Michael Jackson, all those types of things. So I've just always been around music. I don't really um, remember a, a time in my life where music wasn't present. Um, and like I said, I'd always wanted to make music, but when I was 15 years old, um, I wanted to start dancing. I'd always felt rhythm inside of me and thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for this and, and started dancing at high school, joined a hip hop group 
um, and we did really well. We won a gold medal in 2008, and that was when I was 17. And then in two years, I taught myself how to dance and how to interpret music physically, and I just went, well, if I can learn how to do that, then I can probably teach myself how to make music or perform and, and all these sorts of things. So like I said, 18 years old, went to the warehouse on my birthday, brought, I think it might have been like a $100 guitar with an amp and um, and just started kind of like chucking away at it. But my background in music, it's, it's just always been there. I, I think I'm a really rhythmic person. Um, so lots of the music that I like and connect with is really rhythmic and, and has a sense of movement. And I think that makes sense why I was so drawn to dance as well, because that's basically the physical embodiment of rhythm in, in music. Um, so I started playing guitar and producing music when I was about 18, um, 21, I started DJing and, and putting it all together and playing it for people. I DJed at a, um, a friend's new year's party at their flat. And there must've been like seven of us on, uh, it was like 2011, I want to say. Um, and you have been DJing and uh, doing a lot of shows and things like that since, um, I also create and um, write my own original music. Ben actually um, created a music video for me back in, I want to say 2015 for a song. Um, and that's something that I kind of have added to the pile of, of all these crazy things that I do. Um, so yeah, music is, like I said, it's in me. It's so a part of the rhythm of how I um, move throughout the world. And um, yeah, I don't really know what I, what I would be or who I would be without it. Yeah. Nice man, I love that. I love hearing the 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 bit about your your upbringing and just how like your parents obviously sort of instilled you with a sort of, I guess, like a musical literacy that sort of is obviously carried through to your to your you know later years. Um, and that's probably I want to go into more of that, but I think before we do, I think because you sort of took up. Um, the uh, the act of actually playing and learning music relatively late. Um, do you see a difference from sort of before you learned to play music and after you played after you learned to play music in in terms of how you hear music, how you listen to music? Definitely, definitely. I think, like I was saying, uh, as a dancer, when I, I would listen to music from the ages of you know, zero to 15, I would just listen to music. Just how does it make me feel like, you know, uh, what, what are the, what's the song saying? What does it mean? Does it make me cry? Does it make me happy? All those kind of things from 15 to 17, it was all about the rhythm and what is this trying to portray? Cause I'm creating choreography to this music, creating movement to this music and creating moments. Once I started learning how to really listen to music, like it was just a whole nother world of, um, you know, what's the intention behind instrumentation and why, why a snare drum that goes instead of a snare drum that goes, or why, why this type of guitar instead of another one There's it was such a like mind blowing thing to learn. Um, and a friend of mine who taught me how to make music really taught me how to listen to music. And I almost had to like re-listen to everything that I had listened to up until 18 years old to go back and be like, Oh, like I thought I knew the song, but I really, really didn't. Um, but I guess it's like anything. It, it, it's almost like it, it, I feel like it would be like if you were transported into Paris and you're walking around, you're hearing everyone talk this language and you're like, okay. But once you learn it, then you just have much more context and much more ability to interact with that world. That's, that's what the difference felt like is before music was this thing that I heard and could, it was only a one way thing. But once I learned how to make music, it was like, Oh, I could speak that language. I can, change things i can edit things and that's essentially what djing is really is that i can i can weave in almost like a, a an interpreter of uh, of languages and weave songs together so i think learning music it, it was a huge skill to to learn and you're right it was late but um i think because i understood rhythm so well up until that point i had rhythm down i knew what rhythm meant and what what rhythms worked and it was just understanding um, different things about instrumentation and, and things like that. That's awesome. I love hearing that because I, I definitely um, feel that's how I see 
I guess, or interpret music as I see it from a rhythm standpoint, because that's mm. I, I've known it through growing up through dance and stuff, and and I found uh, film filmmaking through dance, mm. and started from a very rhythmic filmmaking sort of perspective, um, and I sort of interpret the kind of feelings and emotions of music quite intuitively, and I can yeah. understand like like how a song's making me feel, and I sort of can visualize. Uh, uh, a, a rhythm and 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 pictures to go along with that, but I don't have the kind of like, uh, I guess, technical understanding to kind of articulate why certain mm. instruments or certain notes make me feel a certain way. So I feel like this is sort of where my um, sort of musical understanding is sort of hitting hitting a wall, and why I kind mm. of wanted to have this conversation is because I can. I I I know how music makes me feel, and I know how to interpret that in a certain way. But I don't have a have a language to um, sort of, I guess, articulate why. Yeah, I feel those things. It's really interesting you say that because so I I make content also like if if you guys go on my Instagram or TikTok, like all the content that I make, I make it myself. I edit it, um, I film it. I've, I've actually been making. I started making a YouTube channel in two thousand and. Uh, seven. I used to have something called Tom TV, and I would make videos. Um, I remember that. Yeah, so I've be, I've been making and editing content for a long time. I used to edit in um, Sony Vegas, and so I understand how music should, in my style, how I feel like it should attach to to the visuals. And to go to your point about not being able to articulate, I I do some uh, content for a friend's clothing brand uh, called You Know Clothing, and they messaged, I was working on a, a small, like 30 second piece for them yesterday. And music wise, she said to me, um, Oh, Kim, I, I put a song on that. I thought the match the brief. She said, trendy and modern and upbeat. And so I put in the song and she came back and she was like, Oh, can we have something a bit more upbeat? And I was like, okay, cool. What does that mean? And blah, 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 blah the song that we actually ended up on was slower than the song that I had put in, but it's how to like, it's how to articulate what is more upbeat because so when I, because I understood music, I said, okay, do you want something is upbeat faster pace or is upbeat more uplifting? Like what is it that we're, we're trying to achieve here? And I just thought that that was a really good example of if you don't know how to articulate or, um, communicate what it is that you're after you have to use these really vague terms um and you know all the people that are watching as videographers i'm sure that you have plenty of times where someone's like oh the song's not right we we want something faster you put something faster and they're like oh it's it's this or, or whatever um so i think a skill that i would i would start to think about it from your perspective is if someone's asking for a change in music you know asking what is it faster music that you're wanting or is it slower is it, do you want it to feel more exciting or more dull as, you know, softer, brighter, harder, like really start to try and dive into those terms because everyone has, as music is subjective. So everyone's opinion of it is different, but faster or slower music is easy to find. Um, and it's easy to delineate harder or softer is, is also easier to delineate. So um, I just thought it's an interesting point to what you're talking about, communicating the differences. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that, especially like understanding, like, like what sort of like notes make you feel a certain way. Like mm. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, cause well, I don't know what notes are. I, I don't, I couldn't like, I couldn't hear a note and tell you what sort of note it was like. Mm. Um, but I guess in terms of the difference between your sort of like uh, uh, approaches from like DJ versus musician. So when he sort of like manipulates music versus sort of creates it from scratch, I guess mm -hmm. is, do you see them as quite different creative processes or is it sort of, uh, you know, just a slight um, difference between the two? Yeah, I, I think they are. To a point, they are different processes, but then it gets to a certain point where where they become one and the same. Um, creating music from scratch is, for me, just a, a raw expression of of how I'm feeling, um, and and building it up piece by piece, and um, 
you know, being really interested in like the the sound of this instrument and what what would that sound like with this specific instrument and, and the contrast of different things. Um, when it comes to to DJing and cur- curating in that perspective, I almost feel like that's making a collage of existing things. I mean, that's what DJing is, but I'm trying to when I'm DJing, I'm trying to make you feel something by lining four pieces of music up to get a desired effect. Whereas when I'm creating music, I'm trying to create an emotion by creating new raw materials to get there. Um, and they both have, you know, pros and cons. So obviously a, an original song is, is harder to communicate to people because it's new. Sometimes people don't want to listen to things that they, that's new. They would just want to listen to what they know. Um, so there's a, Sometimes DJing is a bit more um, broad. You can touch more people with it, but the original music, the people that are really into it are, are open and, and want to be, want to hear those things. So they are separate, but you still have to know how to communicate an idea. And I think that that's, that happens regardless of your, um, your discipline, you know, like as a videographer, there's something that you're trying to communicate to someone. It's just the tools that you're using are slightly different to mine, but you want me to feel a certain way when you watch something and I want you to feel a certain way when you hear something. Yeah. Um, let's go in now more on that idea of curating and yeah. sort of, we're going to sort of go down a bit more of the sort of DJ route now. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think let's kind of just sort of start at the beginning of like, yeah. how do you even like, how do you look for music? How do you go about finding music? So I think, the, the first thing is that I'm just, my ears are always on. That's probably mm. the first thing that I would say. And I feel like this is a bit of a skill that if you start, I think it's like if you buy a red car, you start seeing red cars everywhere. I would implore people that are listening to, to just switch your ears on because I feel like I'm hearing music in cafes all the time or in stores or cars going past. And I'm constantly shazamming things and being like, like I'll be the person at the cafe who's like got their phone up to the speaker um, trying to find out what that is. Um, but that's not any different to everyone else that was at that cafe. Everyone was there. I was just the one that my ears were switched on to be like, Hey, that, that sounds cool. I might use that for something. Um, so that's probably the first thing I would say, obviously you have Spotify and YouTube and SoundCloud and, um, social media. I, I actually find a lot of music from social media because as a DJ, I want to find songs that are connecting with people. So if people are going out of their way to make a video out of it, I kind of go, Oh, that person connected with that song. If they come to my gig, I should have it ready to play because they're going to, they're going to enjoy it. Um, one, one hack that I will say for Spotify, I don't know if everyone here uses Spotify or Apple or whatever, but if you do, there is a function in Spotify that's uh, the radio function. So you find a song that you like, you right click it and click on go to radio and what it does is it, it takes you to a playlist of all other songs that are similar to that. It might be similar in style, similar in genre, similar in era that it's um, that it was released. But I find that I can go and rab- down rabbit holes just like that. So I'll find a song, click go to radio, listen, 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 find something else I like, go to radio. Then it takes me to another playlist. Listen, 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 listen. Um, so it just, yeah, you, there is a skill in, in finding it, but um I do think that you, your ears have to be open to to be able to look for it. And if you are just looking for music when it's time to edit things, I don't think that that's a successful way to find new music because you're only going to find something that fits that specific moment. Whereas if you already have a, a bit of a bed of music that you're listening to at the moment, when a visual aspect or moment comes up, you can go, oh, that kind of matches the thing that I've got in my head. Like uh, I've been making playlist on Spotify, just my own playlist every month since December, 2018. So I have a December, 2018 playlist, a January, 2019 playlist, February, 2019. And I can just go back through those and find things that I was listening to in that time. So that's, that's another hip, another tip, sorry for, um, that people might find helpful as well. Yeah. I love that. Cause so, cause we're in this weird space now where like, um, a few years ago, we couldn't really go through uh, Spotify and just search for any sort of song we wanted to mm. um, because we can't license any and all songs for our films. Yeah. But with the with reels and TikToks where you can like sort of, you know, legally tag 
a song yeah. and use it. Um, yeah, we can go through and find like you know go down rabbit holes in Spotify for like our sort of more social media clips. But then like the likes of Musicbed also have that kind of like uh, similar to function. So if you find a song for on, sure. on Musicbed you like, you scroll down. There's a tracks like this, and you can, you can go on that same rabbit hole of. And I've yeah. done, done that before too. SoundCloud, I think, would be a, a great resource. It, SoundCloud is a whole monster in and itself, so it, it can be quite overwhelming. But it's just something I think if you put a little bit of time into it, but I'm talking about this as an independent creator who, you know, I think I've got a song on SoundCloud that has like 2,000 plays, you know, nothing, you know, not substantial at all. But if someone were to message me and say like, hey, um, I... I'm a videographer. I liked your song. Um, I think it'll match something. Um, you know, can I talk about potentially um, licensing it for a for a video I'm, I'm doing? There would be no reason for me to not reply to that. Uh, it, it's money for something that I made years ago, and someone's willing to use it. And there's a need for it, right? Because you have to use things that aren't commercially licensed, and you know you can't use Justin Bieber song or Beyonce song. So maybe that that could potentially be another another option to to look into. Yeah, definitely. I often I often um especially when it comes to like um Indian music and stuff because there's not there's basically no Indian music on uh, Musicbed. So I often have to love. I've tried going down rabbit holes of like uh, like Instagram. I haven't actually tried SoundCloud, but I've done uh, like Spotify, like indie artists, and tried to message people and stuff directly. Um, yeah, sometimes you do have to go to, down that road too, and you can find little little extra gems and stuff. And the good thing on SoundCloud is that you can like you can see how small they are, like respectfully. Yeah. Mm. And you know, if someone has if someone has a mm. hundred songs that they've put up, and they have a hundred followers, and each of those songs has five hundred listens. Most of the time, they do actually have download links that you can download them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would definitely look into that as well yeah. as a resource. Yeah, nice, I like that. Um, is the process for you, um, uh, I guess, different in terms of looking for like old gems that you've missed versus sort of like we've sort of talked about like discovering new music. Um, but do you have a separate process of like sort of discovering old gems? You've talked about your playlists and going through all of those, but like, how do you, like when it comes time to sort of put a set together or something, Mm. um, how do you go about like going through the stuff that you've sort of already discovered, but, um, you know, it can get lost in the, in the sea of playlists. It is a tricky one. I would think it would be similar to that of like a songwriter. If they have like knob books and books and books of lyrics that they've written and then have to go back and try and find uh, something that that sparked them. But um, like I said, having those playlists for me to be able to reference and be like, what was I listening to in uh, September of, of 2019? Listen to it. That'll remind me of something else. And then it just kind of starts that rabbit hole off again. But I think um, because I'm trying to curate ideas when I'm DJing, my mind because I'm listening to music will, will really quickly go, Oh, that reminds me of this song. So I'm, I might hear something and say, Oh, that reminds me of this. So my brain is actually being wired to create those connections. Um, but I don't think that that's obviously I've been listening to music the way I've been listening to it for a long time. I think anyone can do that. If you hear something and say, Oh, this reminds me of something else. And then allow yourself to be curious to kind of go down that rabbit hole. Um, I think that that's a, that's a way that you can find things that you may have missed. Or sometimes I'll go down a rabbit hole and hear a song that I've known for years, but with a different intent, I'll hear it and go, oh, actually, that would be perfect for me to play. But I would have never thought about that if I was just listening to it as a song on itself. Um, so I guess probably to answer that question, it just depends on the intent and the context that you're of, of what you're hoping to, to find and what you're hoping to fill. Yeah, because um, often in the like editing process, I'm I basically like lay like find my kind of like story elements. Most of the time, that's dialogue and stuff. I sort of like, lay it all out and then sort of figure out um, what sort of like energy or mood I want for each section. And then like once mm. I've got that, I can then go hunting music specifically for that kind of. Do I yeah. want something like elegant? Do I want something you know like sweet and romantic but a little bit a little bit happy mm. um and i want to sort of like lock in my kind of like moods i can then sort of go hunting for music based on those specific moods so it's sort of like 
yeah, bring I in the constraints. It's it's kind of highlighting for me that um, I I don't feel like this because of the fluidity that I feel like I can move between visual and music, but it's highlighting to me that there are probably a lot of videographers, maybe you or, or others that are watching that maybe feel a bit constrained or helpless when it comes to that point, because you've got your footage and you've got your thing, what the story you're trying to tell, but like, well, how do I find the music that matches this? Or, or what if I can't find the right thing? Um, I can imagine that that maybe can sometimes feel a bit daunting to have to, because music like is static, right? It's just what it is. You can't go in and edit it and change things. It's just like, here's what it is and I have to try and make my story match to that so I never really thought about how daunting um, that could feel Studio Ninja is the world's highest rated studio management software it contains a huge suite of tools from calendar integration and double booking warnings to contract templates and automated client workflows if you want more time to focus on the creative parts of being a wedding filmmaker and less time on admin, then why not take 50% off when you sign up with the promo code MBWF50 and get your first year of Studio Ninja for as little as $125 US. I mean, it's certainly like, it's having somewhat of, uh, some level of constraints is, is like better than just sort of going, okay, what songs sound cool that I want to yeah. use with with no kind of, you know. Yeah, because then you never pick b- one, right? Borders on what you c- c- could use. Yeah. Because um, music bed and stuff has ha- do have like playlists cu- like um, curated based on those sorts of feelings. I've got like um, oh, nice. delicate or, or haunting or, or, mm. or triumphant or whatever you know, sorts of playlists I've got based on kind of moods and feelings. So mm. you can like, if you do figure out what mood you want, you can kind of go hunting down those, those tracks. But um, uh, I kind of want to sort of, I guess, jump back into your process now um, to sort of figure out <clears throat> when you are say putting a set together, how do you go about knowing what songs sit side by side? Cause that's sort of for, for me, what I see is like a, a, a skill or a technique or a, Mm. or whatever that you do as a DJ that that we do as videographers that I think you'll probably think about very differently and mm. how you how you pair and and combine like two pieces of music that just are what they are they exist how do you then go this fits with this together this way mm. you know how do you think about that sort of creative process well there's a few ways the as a DJ the the simplest way is is to match things that that have the same BPM. So BPM is beats per minute. Beats per minute means like, like the sound, clap, 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 clap. So two songs that match like that. Um, you can basically overlay them the same way you would like a visual, uh, like two video clips. And as if the kick drums and the snare drums are in line and fade one in and fade one out, they will just kind of naturally blend. So that's probably the easiest way, uh, to do that. The, the second way that I think about it is, am I trying to, let's go back to the idea of uh, the idea of an idea. Am I trying to elongate this idea or am I wanting to switch to a new idea? So if let's talk about it in a DJ sense, if people are dancing and they're listening to house music, do I want to continue this feeling? Have I built up enough energy that I want it to continue? Then I'll, then I'll probably play something similar to that. Um, if I want to, take it up a level and I mean up like energy wise, then I might now put on something that is the same tempo, but has some really exciting and harsh sounds. Um, or maybe like has a big drop that everyone knows and likes. If I get to a point and DJs will do this where you think, okay, I need, what I actually want to do is I want to get from point A to point F, but to get there, there are a few steps that I need to get to, to get to F if I just try and go from A to F, it will be a complete train wreck. People will be, they'll feel like, well, what was that? This is, this is too sudden. So I'll play, uh, let's say A is a really fast paced song and I want to get to something slower, a really good slow song that I have, but I can't just go from one to the other. So I'll slow it down a little bit. I'll introduce a new idea and then I'll start building that idea to the point where it gets me to F um, in a nice succinct way. And some, sometimes that's a little bit scary because 
if everyone's feeling a good, a good energy and then you like, you know, if you think about it, if you're at a club and you listen to house music and then there's a big, it goes quiet. You're thinking, Oh, what's coming next. That first moment needs to establish what is this next path that we're taking. So um, it might be for me as a DJ, it might be a song that has like a really cool intro or a really catchy thing that people know straight away so that I've established where we're going. So visually, I'm just thinking with my eyes closed, if we're, if it's a video and it's changing scenes or, or let's just say like a wedding video, cause you know, that's what lots of videographers do. If we've done uh, like the bride getting ready or something like that, it's got like a, a sound to it. And then we're transitioning to the ceremony. That first shot of the ceremony in, in this framework would have like a new sound introduced and it would break the tempo because we're in a new place and it would have a new element, maybe Previous, we're just seeing the inside of the bride's remains getting ready. Then we sh- we swap to a scene of grass where the ceremony is. That even visually is something new, so that would need a new sound element. But actually, what I want to do is get to the really l- heartfelt song at the altar. But I couldn't just do that from um, bridesmaids to altar. So, so I would just think, where do I want to get to and from, and how can I make that transition nice? On the other side, you could just smash it together, and sometimes that works. Um, but again, it just depends on the idea, the journey that you're trying to take people through. Yeah, because I think there's there's often there is often a, a, a common kind of uh, scenario where we're either trying to continue an energy mm. or we're transitioning between energies. Mm. Um, and because I think a lot of videographers, like basically, you like like stage one of of using music with video is you take a track you put it on you fill that track with clips of mm. a certain you know of certain time of the day or a certain style when that track finishes you it yeah. and then you fade in the next song yeah. next thing starts stage two would be you might like you know cut and trim that song you might you know, like bring this course over here and and shorten it down and yeah, but then you still the song finishes, and then you bring up the next song. Yeah. Um. And I, I've only very slightly started trying to experiment with the idea of kind of like keeping the energy, but going from track to track. Yeah. Without nice. kind of without the breaks, because that's something that I've never really known how to do. Like I basically like I use a song to convey an emotion, and then I when I want to convey a different emotion, I change the song. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, I, I think uh, another, another idea that I'm just thinking about, and I'll, I'll do this as a DJ, but I think it would actually work for, um, for videography as well is you can introduce a new song on beat, even if the paces of the beats or the BPMs are different. So if a song is going, if a song is going, one, two, three, four, one at that pace. And you want to add a different song. in. if you add it on the downbeat there, but the tempo of the second song is slightly different, it will still, you'll still notice a change, but because the change is in rhythm, I think that it, it just, it still continues to propel things forward. Another idea is maybe find pieces of the song that naturally feel like a start and naturally feel like a finish. So if there's a crescendo of a song, then perhaps use that song to finish or perhaps use that part of that song to finish um, and then use the next piece of another song. I would also say don't be afraid to, if you have a two-minute song and you're only going to use 45 seconds of it, don't be afraid to do that fade in and out process that you would do from song to song within piece to piece of an individual song, because there might already be a natural start, middle and ending inside a full song. You may just not be able to use it all. So if you chop it up, find ways to fade in and out that it feels like natural, then great. I think lots of stringed and instrumental pieces, it leads itself open to lots of movement and, and changing. So yeah. Also another thought, another thought on that yeah. just before, before we veer off. Mm-hmm. I would think about how often am I changing songs? So if I'm changing songs quite regularly, then that's actually okay. It it won't really matter too much about putting different things in that don't transition perfectly because the 
audience is expecting that there are going to be lots of changes. If I'm only changing once or twice, then I would think really carefully about how those intertwine. But if I have a video that has seven songs or, or a piece that has seven different pieces of music in it, it's almost not going to matter too much because the change is going to be happening so much that it's just part of the story that you're trying to tell. So that's that's something else to be conscious of. Something else that I, and this, this wasn't really on the uh, questions list, but it sort of like comes to my head as we've been talking about pairing up music, but the idea of like juxtaposition of like mm. having two sort of tracks that wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't think they would go together, but um, like combine to create something new. Mm. Um, how would you go about like, I guess, I don't know. Uh, experimenting and playing with those sorts of more unconventional pairings of tracks. So I, there is like a mashup with what you're, mm. what you're describing is, is mesh, a mashup culture where you yeah. take, you take one song and you put the, you take the beat and music of one song, put the lyrics of another song and put them on top of each other. I don't know how, um, how deep, I mean, I'm sure most of you have Instagram or TikTok. You'll see a lot of, a lot of those happening on TikTok and they, they tend to be fun ways to kind of uh, introduce ideas that you wouldn't think would work together, but they do. Um, the, the thing is that you just have to try and, and see what works. There are, and this goes back to that understanding the language is that if two things are in tempo and they're working at the same pace, then you can put them on top of each other and see if they work. They they may not be in the same key, which means the the types of notes that are used in one song might not be in another, so it, it may not work. Um, but really, the only way to, to do it is just try because there are on theoretically there are some pairings of music that should not make sense. But if you listen to it, you would think this is amazing, and vice versa. There are things that you would think, yeah, this would work. You listen to it, and you go, no, that doesn't work either. So you just have to try. Yeah, because I've I've had in my in my head the idea of because um, have you have you heard of the term light motif? No, what does that mean? So it's 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 to, to do with like film scores. So like basically like where you would have either a, a melody or an instrument attached to a certain character. Yep. So like you know like Darth Vader's like dun 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 yep. dun. So like you know or like the Mission Impossible theme tune like or or um. Often in the Lord of the Rings, like each character might have its own instrument sort of yes. associated to them. Mm-hmm. I've thought about the idea of like sort of incorporating some form of light motif where you might sort of attach um, a certain instrument or something to like the venue, and then you or you know or t- say to the bride, and then one to the groom. Yeah, play those separately, idea. and then sort of bring them together in a sort of mashup where you sort of combine the light motifs into one combined song. That's a great idea. You could even, I mean, depending on the licensing, you could potentially look at, say, the bride being an acapella of a song and the venue or the, the groom being the instrumentation of the song. And when they meet together at the altar, it's the pairing of those two things together. That's that's another thing that you could look at. And I would, I think acapellas, uh, again, depending on licensing, um, is an interesting space, especially if you're transitioning between things. Because if you have a song playing and then it just goes to just the vocals of that song playing, that would be a nice, easy way to introduce a new musical element without yeah. it feeling too disjointed. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, a music bed's great for giving you the instrumentals of tracks. You mm. can get an, an, an instrumental of basically everything, but I don't think they often do just a cappellas. Yeah. And so that would be that's, make it a little trickier. So what about can I ask a question? Um mm. like YouTube covers of famous songs. Let's say someone's uh their wedding song is um Elvis Presley, I can't help falling in love with you. What is what's the sentiment around using a, a, a cover that yeah. someone's made of that? So, I don't actually know, especially these days. Fuck it, mm. I've got no fucking idea with music licensing these days. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it it doesn't make sense anymore. The fact that you can use whatever song you want on TikTok and yeah. then you get pinged on you, it doesn't make sense. I don't actually yeah. understand what is allowed and what is not anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
Just to be honest, I probably I could do with looking into that again. So I'm sort of, we're sort of transitioning now to sort of uh, close to, to the end of the questions. And so I kind of want to go more into some sort of just like t- technical s- s- stuff now, especially if, uh, you know, uh, videographers want to start to go deeper and maybe explore different um, softwares or different specific techniques. Um, what are some kind of, I guess, like, you know, DJ techniques or pieces of software or whatever um, that you think videographers uh, might look at implementing for trying these more sort of tricky things with? So any th- there's free DJ softwares out there um, and, you know, you obviously don't need to, but you can buy a cheap DJ controller for a couple hundred bucks or whatever. There's apps on your phone that you can download um, that literally have two tuning tables on one side. You press this button and, and kind of go like that. But I, I think probably the, what I would suggest most would be to, I mean, most of us, I'm assuming most of us use Macs. Um, open up GarageBand and start putting songs and like, you can actually put, raw files like a whole file of a song into garage band and just start like hacking away at it you get the scissor tool and chop it out you'll find that it's really similar to you know like final cut pro or prem pro or all those types of things it's the same music software and i can say this with 100 percent confidence because i do both music software and videography video software have the same ideals you have a timeline that runs from left to right you have clip one you have clip two um so I would probably just jump into GarageBand or Logic Pro if you if you if that came with a bundle or whatever, and just start like hacking away at songs and make a mess of it. See if you can take one piece here and put it somewhere else. Because I feel like when I'm editing videos, I feel constricted by what I can do to the music because I can't really do much. I can have like have a scissor tool, chop something, fade something in and out. That's about it. But there. There are a whole lot of effects that you can use. So like delays, that's where a song, like if you click your fingers and it goes click, 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 or you can make it go click, 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 or you can go click, click. There's a, there's a lot of really subtle things that you can do um, just by having to go inside of GarageBand. So that, that would probably be my, my number one tip is to feel confident chopping songs up. Do you ever like shift the tempo of a song to match BPMs or is that something? Yeah, yeah, because that's something I I don't feel like there's a easy or logical way to do inside of like Final Cut and Premiere is to yeah. speed up or slow down a song, um, uh, uh, you know, to a specific BPM. Yeah, so that that would be pretty technical, and for that you'd need something like a. Logic Pro or uh, uh, Ableton, which is another music software, mm. um, but it is it is possible in GarageBand. You can the same way I use Final Cut Pro. So please, guys, don't judge me. Um, if there are I any, use Final Cut Pro, bro. Oh, Final Cut Pro Squad, right here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Cool. So anyone that uses Final Cut Pro, you know that there's mm. like uh, the stretch tool, and you can make something twice as fast or four times as fast. If you click on it, you it comes up with a little you can manually, uh, you can you manually, can manually drag, drag it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I get a, a measure of a song, that's four measures. It goes one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, all the way to four. If I get a measure of one song and then a measure of another song and clip it so that they're the same length, that's essentially making them the same tempo. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I get that now. Cool. All right. So that, that's something to, something to yeah. 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 Trial. Yeah. No, cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Now I got that one now because because when you do move it, the waveform disappears. Correct. So I was thinking, yeah. oh, like so you, you know, I was know like, anymore. you don't, you can't like match up the the waveform spikes. I was thinking, like, yeah. you know, maybe I could yeah use that manual manual retime drag. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I did, it, I was like, well, I can't see the waveforms now, so I can't like. Yeah. So all, but all just I would get it, get cut it. it to a to a four bar yeah. thing and yeah. then. Just yep. match that size. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, get Fucking a four genius. bar or two bar or one yard or yep. whatever, whatever you're trying to do. And just and again, and this is this is what I like about Final Cut Pro is that it might be a little off, but when it comes to retiming, it's as simple as just like just moving it a little bit. Listen to yeah. it. Does it work? No, a little bit more. Yeah. Does it work? A little bit more. So yeah, yeah that's, that's something you can do. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Awesome. Love that. 
because that's something I've, I've been I've been trying to figure out how to do. I don't imagine there'd be anything to do with messing with the like key of a song. Nah, that's Man, getting most, that's getting that's getting weird. Well, and and so like messing with the key of the song is almost like um, if you have two. Let's say you have two pieces of video that are graded completely differently, and trying to make those mesh is just—it just doesn't work. One, one's really bright and one's really dark. Yes, you could like try and grade over the top of it, but then it's still not working. That's kind of what it's like trying to put two songs in different keys together, which is why you'd need like a clean break from the light shot to the dark shot. You have the fast song to the slow song. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right, my friend. Well, uh, last question, I guess, to just to kind of like leave us on any kind of final tips for people who want to kind of like upskill their musical knowledge, basically. So whether that's um, uh, their musical literacy, maybe um, if they're interested in like learning music as a way to um, understand it better, like what do you think might be a good sort of uh, step for videographers to kind of go from here into getting a better understanding of music you know what i would suggest and this is basically the same thing that my friend suggested to me when i was 17 18 years old is the music that you love listen to it and try and figure out why you love it so there are a few core elements that people that musicians listen to when they're listening to music most people listen to the lyrics and how it makes them feel sometimes not even the lyrics sometimes it's just how it makes you feel but there is the um, BPM, so how fast or how slow it is. The timbre of the instrument, so are the instruments hard? Are they soft? Try and listen to each of the individual elements. Like, okay, what does the kick sound like? Is it really flat? Is it really big? Is it really soft? Is the snare really pulsing and hitting me in my neck, or is it a soft snare? Um, the guitar, is it really bright? or is it really dull? The singer, is it really sharp and pierced, or is it dull and, and in the background? I I honestly think that if you just start listening to the songs that you already know and love, and just really just really listening to them and going, oh, I never really noticed that um, that change, or I didn't even realize that hi-hat rhythm did that, did that in the song. If you just listen to the songs that you love, you'll start to notice more and more about songs. And I think that that's the advantage that I have is that my palette is just wider because I understand more flavors than most. And if you're a videographer, you obviously have the mental capacity to do it because you do it in a visual aspect. You can see lines and light and angles and things like that. So it's just applying that same way that you look at video to listening to music and I'm, if you're a videographer, you're obviously a creative as well. So I'm sure music has some importance in whether your life or the work that you do. I would just just spend some time giving it some critical thought, the same way you would watch a film. And I'm sure a lot of you watch films and, and content. Just listen to some music and say, oh, I never really – because you'll be surprised at how much content and information is in the DNA of the music that you feel – but have had no idea why you feel it. So yeah, I would just say that. Listen to a song and think, why do... Maybe you find 10 songs and you realize all of these songs have the same type of rhythm or they all have the same a same piercing snare sound. I've never really noticed that that's what I like. And then that will just start leading you to listen to songs that don't have that sound or find more that do. So yeah, that's but that's the start of the rabbit hole. You have to know that the rabbit hole is there and what what is you're going to be seeing or listening to when you're down there? Love that, man. Love that absolutely because it's that's something that I don't really do. I just sort of listen to music um, passively, intuitively, yeah. uh, as a form of escapism. Um, mm. And yeah, I try I sort of somewhat think about it critically when I'm, um, you know, in regards to my work when I'm finding songs to pair with um, with edits. But just making the decisions to sort of like critically uh consciously listen to music um and think about it differently yeah uh, i think is the first uh step for sure because awesome, the, the, work, the yeah. work that you the work that you and videographers do is so intertwined with music because if you can have a perfect piece of visual information and if the the music is not quite right you know you'll know the clients know everyone knows um and so, yeah, I, I would, I would just say, don't wait 
to listen to music to write when you need the music. If you if you're already listening to things and have an idea of what kind of rhythms are out there in the world, when it comes to edit and things like that, it, you're not just looking for the salt when you need salt. You you already know exactly what other herbs and spices are going to go in there before you get to it. So that would be my suggestion. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love that. Fantastic advice. Um, cool. Well, I think that's a fantastic place to uh, finish up the episode. Um, thank you, no, Mr. Thank Thomas you. Rose. Um, no. It's been awesome getting to uh, chat with you again, catch up. Um, yeah, for sure. It's been fantastic, man. I'm sure people have learned a lot along the way. Um, for anyone who uh, wants to see more of your work, so for anyone who is interested in just like cool, awesome music, literacy, uh, fun content, um, check out Tom on what do you reckon's uh, primary for you? TikTok? I would say TikTok, yeah. Like about, yeah. about well, TikTok's two months, awesome, man. Two months, TikTok's ago, fucking I, epic. two months ago, I just started like, posting things on TikTok, I was like, you know, everyone's talking about if you don't know how to do this, you'll be like your mum that only just knows how to use Facebook now. So I was like, okay, let's give it a go. Um, and I, and the type of content that I make and the way that I see the world, it, it works really well. So yeah, if you want to go have a look there or on Instagram, it's just Thomas Rose um, with two underscores. We'll have links below. Yeah. Because we'll have, whoever, we'll the, links below. whoever the Thomas Rose is out there in the world, I've been <laughs> messaging him. Trying, I've been yeah. trying to get it, but he never replies. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> have a look and, and maybe you might see the way that I, my visual elements engage with music might inspire mm. you in ways you think, oh, I didn't really think about that i think ben was saying like i do have a specific style and i think it's because i have that mixture of two skill sets so yeah mm. feel free to take what you want from it still steal whatever you want from me it's, it's, it's yours love it man appreciate it cool all righty well um yeah we'll obviously have links to all of tom's s- s- stuff but b- below and um yeah nothing else left to say other than thank you again and no. uh Sweet. Thank you. See you. And congratulations again on, on this platform. This is this is awesome. Um Ben is such a such a helpful like if you told me this seven years ago that this has been what Ben would be doing, I would think, yep, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like you your heart for people and other artists um is amazing and you know, you obviously have a real passion for for the discipline of it and just to be able to help other videographers who are kind of in the same daily, I won't say grind, but just the same daily adventure that you are. Um, is a real testament to your character, man. So thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real honor to be here and, and share part of my journey in the world with, um, with you and the people that are listening. Oh, that's, that's amazing, bro. Thank you so much uh, for those words. That, that means a lot. I appreciate Great. it. All righty. Well, before I get uh, too soppy, um, we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for li- listening and watching, and we'll see you all guys uh, next time. Bye.